What a special morning so far. Amen. That was so good. So good to reflect upon the sacrifice of Jesus. And certainly we do it um, uh, as often as we can here, but it should be in your heart every day of what he has actually done for you. So what a great time of remembrance here uh, this morning. Well, I'm going to do something today. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Last week I told you that my Valleys of Life sermon series was going to uh, conclude here today. But after re-examining my notes a little more, and I thought, you know, I can extend this particular series about three more weeks because there's so many good things that we can learn from this particular uh, series as we're going through different valleys. So you're going to get a few more weeks of this. Um, it's going to be exciting. And if you haven't been with us, we've been in this series called The Valleys of Life. Um, and, and, and let's face it, right now you're in some sort of valley. It could be joy. It could be success. It could be failure. It could be sorrow. It could be tragedy of some sort or loneliness. There's some sort of valley that you're in. And, and often as you exit one valley, you enter another. And so you're always in some sort of valley of life. And so what my aim has been throughout this series is to give you some godly perspective about how to deal and handle with these different seasons of life. Now, those in the Bible, the folks in the Bible, these are real people, by the way. These aren't just uh, fictional individuals that just to kind of make a good story. These are real people, and they had real issues, ups and downs, uh, uh, times that they were joyful, times that they were sorrowful, and there's, it's, it's just beautiful to see how real people in the Bible are. And so we're taking a look, going to these geographical valleys, see what took place in these valleys with these people, and then turn around and see how that can help our lives. I hope it's been helpful to you, and I hope it'll be helpful to you once again today. Now, so far, there have been several valleys we've entered that we've wanted to exit pretty quickly, like the Valley of Sorrow, Valley of Baca. We didn't really, we don't want to stay in sorrow very long. The, the, the Valley of Trouble, nobody wants to stay in trouble. The Valley of Spiritual dr dryness, as we talked about last week, the valley of dry bones. And, and so those are some valleys that we want to exit. We don't want to stay there long. Today, we're going to talk about a valley that we never want to leave. It's called the valley of Barakov or Barakov or the valley of praise, okay? You know, um, it sounds like a no-brainer. I mean, who wants to leave the valley of praise? But at the same time, if you're in a season of life that you're going through some sort of difficult circumstance, it can be challenging for you to praise God in that moment. I, to be honest, like you, there are times where I don't necessarily feel like praising God because of the issue that I may be facing. But I found that when I actually lift up my voice, lift up my hands, and actually praise, even when I'm going through something I don't want to go through, there is something soothing, there's something comforting about praise when you lift up your voice and your heart to Him. A couple of weeks ago, when we were going through the Valley of uh, Baca, I, if you recall, I, I shared the story about my daughter having uh, some, we learned about, she had special needs and some challenges that we knew we would have to face for years going forward. Well, what I didn't share is that next Sunday in church, we went to, uh, to church and there was a particular song called Jesus Draw Me Ever Near and it, it was being sung. And I can remember standing up in that service just saying, God, may this journey be a blessing. That's one of the lines in the song. And it was just this most comforting, soothing thing to realize. The uncertainty was, certain, it was there. I, I didn't know what to expect. But in that moment, I said, God, this is yours. And, and I give it to you. And that praise, when you're able to praise, there's just something special that happens in our lives. 
You know, when we sing songs like this morning, those aren't just fillers. We're not trying to just delay long enough so we can get to the preaching or something, okay? We're not trying to fill an hour just so you can say, okay, check, I made it to worship. No, there's great purpose. It's an opportunity for you to express praise to God and, and allow him to stir you even in those moments that are very challenging that you're facing. And so we want this to be a time where you, can, where you can just say, God, I don't know if I enjoy these circumstances, but I trust you, I love you, I worship you. So I want you to think of something right now. Is there something challenging that's going on in your life? Has that challenge kind of squeezed the praise out of you? And it's been very difficult for you to lift up your voice or lift up your heart, lift up your hands. Well, if that is, I want you to hold that thought, hold that challenge. We're going to come back to it in a little while. Because what we're going to do now is we're going to go to a valley, the Valley of Barakah, and we're going to go there and, and see how Israel had a very... Very difficult challenge, but we're going to see how praise kind of walk them through it in this very obscure story we're going to look at. One that maybe you're not too familiar with, but turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 20 today. Actually, I really love this story. Uh, it doesn't get enough attention, but today we're going to give it a lot of attention. I have a feeling I need to give you guys uh, some some background here just to kind of get you up to speed. And so let me give you the context. This event took place during the reign of Jehoshaphat uh, as he's the king of Judah. He was the son of the great king Asa. And in his early years, we learn that he followed the Lord well, kind of slipped away there at the end. But in the first part of his life, he did a, a fine job following the Lord. And so this event takes place in the early part of his reign. Now, the background to this particular story, Jehoshaphat increased in power and wealth. As a result, there were some kings from the south who rose up against Judah. When Jehoshaphat heard this news, he along with all of Judah, get this, they fasted and they worshipped God, proclaiming his power. And in that moment, God spoke to them about not fearing, but to march against this vast army. And now... Before they did that, though, they performed this pre-battle strategy that was very, very fascinating to me. Again, so let's keep this in mind, okay? I'm about to start reading. Enemy kings are approaching. Judah has already fasted. They've already prayed. They've already worshiped God. And they were saying to him, actually, back in verse 12, um, not up on the screen, that this is your battle, God. This is yours. Our eyes are on you, is what they're declaring. And then God returns and he says to them, yes, this is my battle, not yours. And then this is what happened next in verse 20 as we begin reading. And they rose early in the morning, that is the Israel, uh, Judah, and went into the, the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, here he is being this this leader for them. Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. So he kind of gives this, this pep talk to his, his troops. And, and, and then watch this pre-battle strategy that we don't often use. Verse 21, And when he had taken counsel with the people... He appointed 
those who were to sing to the Lord and praise Him in holy attire. They put their praise clothes on, okay? I don't know what that looks like. We need a set of those, don't we, in here? They put their praise clothes on. And they, they probably had more to do with attitude, but still, get the picture here. There's these folks that are lined up, just set up, appointed to praise God and lift up His, His holy name. And so as they went before the army, and here's their song. Give thanks to the Lord, for His steadfast love endures forever. Very, very powerful picture. I mean, can you get this? These men were appointed before the war, before they went out to battle, to simply praise God. Boy, wouldn't that be a great strategy we could uh, maybe uh, implement in the Pentagon? <laughs> Do you think that might work a little? Okay, we got a whole, we got a choir room set in the Pentagon just for those to be praising God while we set up plan. That would be pretty phenomenal. But that's what, that's kind of what was taking place here. They set up these lines of folks ready to sing to the Lord, give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. They have their praise attire on. They're doing what they need to do. And then watch what happens. Remember earlier they said, God, we're going to keep our eyes on you. And God says, don't worry, this battle's mine. It's, it's not yours. And then so watch what happens in verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise, and if you like to write in your Bible, you might want to do this. Circle the next words, the Lord, because it's very important you see who is doing this okay and when they began to sing and praise it was the Lord he set an ambush against the men in Ammon Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah so they were routed so as you get the picture as they're singing God is over there doing all the work you get this? And so, for the men of uh, Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, of devoting them to destruction or basically annihilating them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. So they're going at each other now. And so, picture this. The enemies rose up against each other before Judah even drew a sword. All they're doing is back there singing, give thanks to the Lord, our God, and King. His love endures for... They're just sitting there singing, right? That's all they're doing. And, and so watch what happens next. Verse 24. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde. And behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. Judah hadn't done anything yet as far as war strategy. At least they thought. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them a great numbers, uh, great numbers, goods, clothing, and precious things with, uh, which, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. They were there three days. It took them three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, for, they, uh, for there they blessed, or the word is praised the Lord. Therefore, the name of the place has been called the Valley of Barakah to this day. And they returned. Get this, they're not done yet. They were praising God in the valley, okay? They praised before, they praised while they were in the valley, and now watch this, it continues. And they returned, every man of Judah and, and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy, 
For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies, and they came to Jerusalem with harps. They're plucking along. I don't know what this looks like. A guy's plucking along his harp with lyres and trumpets, blowing it all out. All of this to the house of the Lord as they make their way to the temple. See, that praise train just continued, didn't it? All the way back to Jerusalem. All the way back to the house of the Lord. And then as we continue to read all the other nations, they feared Israel because of this experience. I would be pretty fearful too. And there was rest in the land after that. Whew, isn't that a great story? I love it. It's such a a beautiful example for us when we find ourselves in some sort of battle. And I wonder if your first response when you get to the point where you're in a battle, if, 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 if your first response is, hey, let's get some holy attire on and let's praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, that not that what we should be? That's what we see right here. And I wish we would do that when we come to those moments. But I love this. It just puts a big smile on my face. And I look at you guys and many of you are smiling right now too because you think, wow, this is pretty cool. I love this story. But I love it because before they even lined up for battle, God gave him victory. He said, this isn't your battle, this is mine. I'll take care of it. You just fix your eyes on me. And that's all they did. And so he gave them victory uh, before they even lined up for battle. And, and, And actually, probably what I should say is I should take that back a little bit because they did line up for battle, but their battle line was rows of men in holy attire singing praises to the God, give thanks to our Lord for his love endures forever. What an example. And what we learn is that God shows favor to those who praise him, who seek out his face, who love him even in all situations. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You praise him. Now, I'm not going to say that when when you praise him in that moment, that it's going to line up exactly the way you, that, that it happened to them and the direct results are going to be there in this crisis. It might. I wouldn't put God uh, against that because he certainly could do it. But in a crisis, there's just something about a heart that's full of praise that brings you favor with God. I asked you earlier, to think of a challenge that you're facing. Something that you're struggling through right now. Your challenge might be a health issue. Might be some sort of financial crisis that you're dealing with or a relational struggle. Your marriage may be suffering, a a, a relationship struggle with another family member or somebody who you're close to. Uh, Maybe there's been a career change and it's not been exactly how you had planned it would go. Maybe there was a move or some sort of injustice that you're facing. I don't know. Here's what I want you to do though. Taking Israel's example, that is when facing a conflict, like they're a challenge like they were, instead of spending the bulk of your time You ready? Here's what we normally do. Instead of spending the bulk of your time worrying, oh man, how am I going to get out of this? How can we overcome? Oh my goodness. And and you're worried. Instead of worrying like that, instead of whining, why is this happening to me? I can't believe it's taking place. Instead of whining, or instead of wishing it was different, I wish I had that life or her life or his life. I wish I had, instead of worrying or whining or wishing that something was different, 
Those are things we're tempted to do. Think about this event and change your strategy to praise in that moment. See, the pre-battle plan that they had was that they chose praise. And that should be our selection when we get to this place where we're dealing with some sort of conflict. So intentionally, take some time to place your heart's affection, your, your mind's attention on God's never-changing attributes. You see, I can't say that you're going to have the immediate success like the Israelites did in that time. But I can promise that your attitude will change for the better through this experience. Now, I know you're going to be thinking right now. I've already got the wheels turning, okay? I'm, I'm anticipating what you're thinking. Oh, pastor, you just don't understand. You have no idea what I'm going through. My situation is just awful. It's dreadful. What in the world do I have to praise God for? Ooh, I hope you asked that question because I'd love to answer it. <laughs> we have a ton to praise God for. What I want you to do, um, you could just follow with me up on the screen, but I'm gonna read Psalm 103 for you, just the first five verses. And, and, I, and if you're that person right now and you're thinking, I don't know what I have to praise God for right now. Uh, my situation's awful. All I can think, your eyes are fixed on that particular situation and not on Lord, the Lord as we see that, the, the, uh, that Judah was. And so here's what I want you to do. I, I'm just gonna read this and I'm gonna to amplify it. I want you to understand why you have reason to praise right here in Psalm 103. Here we go. Verse one, praise the Lord. This is David writing. Oh, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. This includes your entire being, from your emotions, from your uh, physical, uh, uh, being physical in your worship, spiritual, all your strength, everything. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. In verse 2, praise the Lord, O my soul. And watch this, and forget not all his benefits, because this is where you might be right now. You may be the one forgetting his benefits, but he's calling us to remember what he has done for us. You ready for that list of benefits? Here goes five of them. It's good. Ready? First of all, the first benefit is one who forgives us. He forgives us according to scripture. You deserve death, a spiritual death separated from God. But Jesus took our place. He forgave you. That's praiseworthy, isn't it? That's enough right there. We could stop. But we got four more, okay? What does he do? Forget not all of his benefits. And by the way, when you forget, you're cutting off your ability to praise. So remember, forget not his benefits. Who forgives? Number two, and heals all your diseases. See, disease is often re referred to as a curse. And so you are healed from the curse of sin as you trust in God. See, that's praiseworthy. That's the second one. That's enough. Number three, look at this. What else, what's another benefit? Who redeems your life from the pit or the grave. See, redeem is a slave trade word. A redeemer pays the price to set a prisoner free. We were bound by sin, by sin. And when Jesus paid the price, he became our redeemer. He redeems our soul from the pit. 
That's praiseworthy, right? And what else did he do? Okay, that's three. Here's number four. Uh, Here's another benefit. He crowns you with love and compassion. I love this one. You know why? Because what it's telling us is that he sets us free. God crowns us when he does it. He crowns us with something better than gold and jewels, which we think that'd be a great crown. But that perishes. See, he crowns us with the word is chesed. It's this covenant love. The crown is a symbol of this close relationship with you. He doesn't just want to set you free. He wants a relationship with you. The creator of the universe wants to commune with you. That's praiseworthy right there. Well, that's four good ones already, isn't it? But let's finish it off, okay? What else is it? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. See, an eagle, like an eagle that sheds its feathers to, to, when it, to renew its youth, its strength. The, the, Lord of, the Lord is the Spirit of God is transforming you out with the old. In with the new. He's getting rid of all of that old nasty stuff, that worrying, that whining, that wishing that you had something different. He's turning it around and he satisfies your soul. So with all these benefits, with all these glorious things that God provides us through his rich mercy and his blessing, everything, you have more than enough to praise God today, no matter what you are facing in this moment. So if you're a believer in here, you've tasted new life, there's no circumstance that can take away those benefits from you. You keep that Psalm 103 close to your heart because those are, those are more than enough reasons for you to say, God, I love you and I will worship you right now. So you can praise him in all seasons because your praise is to be centered on God's never-changing work, the things he's given you, not your ever-changing circumstances. So here's your key point today. You have more than enough reason to praise and praise God in all seasons but here's the deal it's your choice to do it you have an option today say yes Lord I'm going to lift up my voice and lift up my arm lift up my hands I'm going to worship you you have a choice now I realize you'll enter some valleys of life that are extremely tough. And your first response is probably not going to be praise if you haven't, you know, rewired your thinking to do that. In fact, often your first response is anger and, and, and you want to go distance, distant from God because you believe it's, he's the one that's caused the problem. But let me say this. As, as soon after that sting kind of, that initial sting of, uh, of, of that troubling experience wears off. Let me tell you something. If, if you could just fix your eyes on Jesus as the author and perfecter of, um, of our faith, as, as the author of Hebrews says there, we know, and as we saw from this Second Chronicles chapter 20, that example there, if you could do that, if you just fix your eyes on Jesus, you'll have this overflow of praise regardless of your challenges. And if you stay in the valley of Barakah, you're going to be a different person. I'm convinced of that. If you can stay in the valley of praise, oh, what a different person you'd be. Not just for yourself, but all those around you. 
It's gonna, it's, 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 it'll be wonderful. See, some of you are lacking peace right now because you're not in the valley of praise. You're forgetting. And when you forget, well, you're forgetting all of his benefits. And when you forget, it cuts off your ability to praise. But you're forgetting those benefits that he has brought you. And so I encourage you today, don't forget them. Remember what he has done for you. And let that guide your praise no matter what you're facing right now. Let's bow our heads. We're going to do something a little different here in just a moment. So just go ahead and bow your heads uh, and, and we're, going to, we're going to wrap up. But let me, let me just kind of get this last thought out there, okay? As you're, as you're just you and the Lord right now and you're, and you're thinking. Have you been far from the valley of praise? Because of some sort of circumstance. Have you forgot the benefits of God? See, even if you've been in a very tough valley, it's time for you to praise again. So here's what we're going to do. Okay, your heads are bowed right now, but go ahead and start getting your heart stirred a little bit. And I hope it's already been stirred as we've read through this. You ought to, some of you ought to be gushing out, ready to praise God right now. I hope all of you are. There ought to be something inside you saying, this is good. I've been redeemed. I've been given a crown. I've been forgiven. I've been healed. I've been given so many good benefits. And so you ought to be just waiting. There's this overflow ready to pour out of praise. So we're going to sing a song similar to Israel's song in the valley of of Barakah. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. That's the song they sang. We're going to sing one similar to that. And so here's what I'm asking you to do is let out your praise. And if I have to help you get started, we're going to do it today. But I want you to let out your praise. I want to see smiles. And if you've got a straight face in here and you can't smile for the Lord, you didn't hear anything. <laughs> He's given you so much. There ought to be smiles in this place. There ought to be joy in this place. There ought to be some clapping, maybe even a little bit of shouting because of what God has done. And I'm telling you, when you do that, it's going to be good for your soul. So let's praise God after I pray. The prayer tables will be open here in just a moment, but I think I have a feeling today what we're going to do more than anything is we're going to sing. We're going to lift up our hearts. We're going to clap. We're going to have joy. There's going to be smiles on our faces because of what God has done. So let me pray. Father, this is your invitation. This is your ministry time, and this is an opportunity for us to do as Judah did, that we fix our eyes on you and declare the battle is yours. And what our job is to do is to worship, to praise you, and to love you, and we'll let you go to battle. I pray today if there's any heartache, any hurts, any hardships that people are facing, that they would take this strategy and let their face and their countenance show joy and expressing and smiles and and just love for you. We want to sing to you. We want to love you because of what you've done for us. You've given us way too many benefits for us to keep our mouths shut and our hands down at our sides. We love you. We praise you. We give this time to you, oh, Heavenly Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Hey, let's sing today. Let's worship. Let's give him praise.